Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Wallace, pastor of Redemption to the Nation's Church. Listen, I'm grateful that you have joined us today for this message that God has given me to speak to your heart and to your life. I believe it's going to bring you strength and hope. I want you to pay attention. I want you to stay with me till the end. I'm going to come back and pray with you. Enjoy this message today. I want us to go to Acts chapter 2, and I want to preach a message today called We Speak to Nations. How many know this house is called to speak to nations? In fact, kingdom people are called to speak to nations. And I want to put something together for us so that it, I believe, is a blueprint and shapes the steps we take even into our future as a church as we keep growing and becoming everything God called us to be. It's important that the word of the Lord shape our future and that we all stay on the same page with the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, say amen. So look at Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost, now let me fix something real quick. Because some people say, well, last week was Pentecost Sunday. I declare today is also Pentecost Sunday. And I want to also tell you next Sunday will be Pentecost Sunday. And we don't advertise Pentecost one day a year. We need Pentecost every time we come through the doors. How many are thankful for that? outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our generation. Don't get dry right here. I said, how many are thankful for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our generation? Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. They were confounded because they, every man heard them speak in his own language, say language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we are born. We're born. Parithians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia, Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya around Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? How many know sometimes God will do something that will make men ask questions? I said, How many know God will do something sometimes that will make men ask questions? They said, What in the world is going on? What does this mean? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter stood up with the eleven, lifted his voice, and said unto them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these men are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day it will come to pass that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. 
Oh, well, I don't believe in women preachers. Well, read your Bible. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. On servants and handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall all prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now we praise him for breakthroughs and we praise him for new cars and we pray, praise him for job promotions. But I want us to put a praise in the atmosphere right now that every man and woman, no matter where they come from, if they call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Somebody praise God for salvation today. Let's preach about it for just a few minutes. I want to preach on this thought. We speak to nations. Look at somebody tell your neighbor, we speak to nations. Holy Spirit, help me today. I pray you'll give me the words and give the anointing to preach. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Acts chapter 2 is more than the creation of denominations. Acts chapter 2 is more than just a singular event on a single day that we memorialize and we remember historically. Acts chapter 2 was the beginning of something something that has not ended, something that is still very much happening in the generation that we live. In fact, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that Peter began to rise and answer the questions that were being asked of the manifestation that they had witnessed here, of tongues of fire, the wind coming in the room, Men speaking in other tongues. They said, what does all this mean? Peter rose up and said, this is the fulfillment of a prophetic word. Spoke hundreds of years before this event happened through the tongue of a prophet named Joel. Joel said that there's coming a move of God in the last days where he would pour his spirit out upon all flesh. And when the spirit of God was poured out here in Acts chapter 2, it inaugurated and began something that we call the last days. Everyone say the last days. The last days began in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit was poured out. Now you would say to me, Pastor Kevin, that doesn't make any sense. We've been living for 2,000 years and it's still the last days? Absolutely, because Peter told us that one day with the Lord is as a 1,000 years. And a thousand years is as one day. What does that mean? Well, it means the earth has experienced 2,000 years of history. But in the mind of God, it only seems like two days. And we're still living in the last days, which means what God started in Acts 2 as a people who are living in the last days, we are still living in what he began in this text. We haven't seen the end. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We haven't seen the end of the outpouring of God. We haven't seen the conclusion of the outpouring of God. 
I don't care how many people have been healed and what you've seen when you come to church. The more of God is in store for the people of God. In fact, I often say it like this, that God has more power hidden than he's ever revealed. There is more of God that has been reserved for our day than your mind can fathom. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered to the mind of man the things that God has in store for those that love him, but he has revealed it to us by his spirit. And I just want to say something on this Sunday morning that the enemy wants the church to become religious and to think that we've seen all that there is to see. We've experienced all that there is to experience and it looks like hell is breaking loose. Even in our community, we wonder where is God? I'm telling you where he is. He's not on the way. He's already in the midst. He's already in the house. He's walking down the streets. He's walking down the avenues and God is not trying to figure out a plan. God is trying to declare to us today to take note. The enemy is only stirred up because there's a promise and a prophecy loose in the people of God and we're going to see the fulfillment of it. If you believe it, shout amen. So what meaneth this? I mean, it's awesome. It's powerful. It's supernatural. Tongues of fire, which means cloven tongues or individual tongues, are sitting on each person's head. This is a good word right here. The, the flame wasn't on the apostle. The flame was on everybody. Touch your neighbor, tell them there's a flame that's got your name on it. Come on, I want, you to I want to tell you this this morning, that we are moving out of the age of the pulpit and we are moving into the age of empowering the people who are sitting in the pew. I'm thankful for preachers. I'm thankful for the anointing. But it's time to get back to Ephesians 4. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher were not created to be worshipped, to be, come on someone, they were anointed to equip people. The devil's worst nightmare is not a church with a great preacher. The devil's worst nightmare is a church with a preacher who understands that if he activates the people, they will run the devil out of business. In the schools, in the marketplace, wherever they go, if they know who they are in God, the devil has nowhere to hide. What meaneth this? It's supernatural. It's powerful. People are speaking in languages. Fire is falling. Wind is blowing. Wind was in the house. There was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And people, people think sometimes that the birth of the church was some sort of studious, some sort of high profile event. I mean, we have been waiting thousands of years for the church to be revealed. You would think God would wind up the machinery and make it some sort of spectacular show. It's the church. We've been waiting for thousands of years for the manifestation and the prophet, the, the prophet's words to come to pass. Surely God will go get the elite out of the temple through which he will fill the earth with the power of God. But look at what God does. God bypasses the temple and he goes to a prayer meeting. I feel like preaching here. He goes to a prayer meeting in an upper room and he finds a bunch of men and a bunch of women who are not the most 
educated of their day. They're not the most elite of their day, but I'll tell you what they had. They had a hunger for God. They had a passion for the things of God, and they were hanging on to a promise from God. Jesus told them in Luke's gospel, you go tarry in Jerusalem until you get endued with power from on high. They didn't know what it was going to look like. All they knew is they had to get to Jerusalem until what God told them he was going to do came to pass. And they began to pray. 120 of them began to pray. They began to seek the Lord. What's it going to look like when the power falls down? What's it going to look like when the church is birthed? Is it going to be a bunch of pious religious Pharisees with all of their robes and decor? Oh no. It's going to be uneducated men who stumble out into a street and they're not the most articulate but they're speaking in tongues and they're endued with power and they're full of joy and when people look at them they say my God they're drunk. This is what the church looks like. It looks like a bunch of happy, holy, humble, powerful people who didn't have the greatest education. They didn't have the pedigree. What they had was a passion and they wanted the promise of God. I came to tell somebody today we're not going to turn the world upside down with a bunch of bozo, foo-foo, clown operation. We need the power of God. We need the, you better not, because we'll be here a little longer than I felt. I want to tell you today that what Chattanooga needs is not a religious group of people who walk in in robes and walk out 12 o'clock dull. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the manifestation of God and Jesus be glorified. Somebody say amen. Watch. They stumble out into the streets full of joy and they're drunk. They look drunk and they say, what meaneth this? And one of them said, these men are drunk. And Peter says, they're not drunk. This is that spoken by Joel. But something, something is not only going on by way of a prophetic fulfillment. There's a divine reversal happening. Open your Bible to Genesis 11. Let me teach this real quick. This is what I want to drop, and then I'm going to, I'm going to get out of your hair or your weave or your extensions or whatever you brought, toupee, whatever it is. I'm going to get out your way today. Food trucks are waiting. Hallelujah. There's a divine reversal happening in Acts 2. Because in Genesis 11, there is a move going on in Genesis 11. We call it Babel. Babylon. It's a group of godless, wicked people who had made up their mind that they would build for themselves their own name. And not only would they make for themselves a name, they would make for themselves a kingdom. And they would, they would articulate this kingdom by building a tower that reached into heaven so that they could themselves ascend into the place of God. And here's what's crazy. Your Bible says in Genesis 11 verse 6 and 7 that their unity was so profound that God even declared that what they have set their mind to do, they're able to do it. They were wicked. They were godless. They were evil. They were attempting to make for themselves a name and replace God himself. They were attempting to establish their own kingdom that did not have God as the king. And their unity was so profound that God said, I've got to go down and confuse them. Read the Bible. 
Genesis 11:6. I've got to go down and fix them because their unity is so profound that whatever they purpose to do in their heart, they'll be able to do it. Can I tell you something about the world of wickedness? They understand the power of unity. Y'all not going to help me right here. Some of y'all are waiting on nachos and a burger. I'm telling you right now in the name of Jesus, we, we better get a revelation that unity is so powerful that the wicked world has... Oh, help me here, Lord. You don't see division. You don't see division in the realm of darkness. When darkness gets on a page, they all get on the same page. Their vernacular is the same. They talk the same. They all deceive. They all speak the same thing. And there's great unity in the realm of darkness. You don't see demons rebelling against demons and principalities rebelling against Satan. You don't see differences of opinion. What you see in the realm of darkness is one page and they all sing off the same page. It's not until you come into the church that you find people who are divided over the color of the carpet and mad about the color of the wall. And what are we going to do with this? And what are we going to do with that? And Sunday school teachers are stabbing Sunday school superintendents in the back and we got division in the pew and we devour one another and talk about one another. Hell don't have a problem getting on the same page. It's why the agenda of darkness seems to be accelerating in our day and they're all full of deception and lies. I came today to call this house. I can't call every house, but I came to call this house to hear the word of the Lord. God is calling his people back to a place of unity. He's calling his people back to a place of one-mindedness and one accord. This is not your kingdom. It's not your mama's kingdom. This is the kingdom of our God. And whatever the king says, that's what we're going to do. Shout amen. The Bible said in Psalm 133, how beautiful and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that flows down the beard all the way down to the skirts of his garments. It's like the dew on Hermon. For there where, where God has commanded unity, there the Lord has commanded a blessing. Isaiah chapter 40 says this, that, the, that all flesh will see the glory of the Lord Together, Don't miss this. How many ever read that prophecy over in Isaiah? The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that a voice was crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight. How many know God's about to straighten it out? Make straight the crooked places. Elevate the valleys. Move the mountains. Why? For all flesh shall see the glory of the Lord. All flesh together. This is what's interesting. The word together and the word unity are the same word in the Hebrew. When it says brethren come together in unity, when it says all flesh shall see the glory of the Lord together, what we're seeing is this. What we're saying is this. We used to think that unity produced glory. I want to tell you right now that Unity doesn't produce glory. Glory from heaven produces unity by which we're all able to come together. Y'all missing what I'm saying? Too many people think we can hold hands in a religious circle and sing kumbaya and somehow the God of every religion is going to show up. There is only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm thankful for ecumenical movements, but at the end of the day, I'm not bowing my knee or kissing the Pope's ring. 
thing. I'm not doing it in the name of the Lord. There is only one name under heaven given among men. That name is Jesus. And when his glory manifests, he'll bring people out of every kindred, out of every nation, out of every tribe, out of every tongue. We don't have unity because we haven't seen the glory. In a generation that is more divided and hateful than any generation before it, we have less glory in the church that is feeding a spirit of division. And I felt the word of the Lord rise up in me today that if we don't get back to having the glory of God, this spirit, I'm not just talking about in this, I'm talking about in the world. It'll devour you because the glory of the king brings people from every tribe, every color, every culture, every race together. What's happening? What does all this mean? That's what they asked when the Holy Spirit was poured out. This is not a denomination. What do you, I had somebody recently. Oh, Jesus. He says to me, he says, I'm on a plane. He says to me, what do you do for a living? I said, I am a communicator. Now you say, Pastor, why'd you say that? Because I have found out that when you say you're a preacher, one of two things happen. It's either a horrible experience or a horrible experience. <laughs> it's either horrible because they hate you or it's horrible because they begin to play and act like they respect you. And they talk your ear off wanting to know more about things they've never asked about. And you're trying to talk to somebody and you know if this thing breaks out on this plane, we're all in trouble. So he says to me, he says to me, what do you do? I'm a communicator. What do you communicate? A message. <laughs> he said, what do you mean a message? I said, I preach. You're a preacher? I am a preacher. What kind of preacher are you? <sighs> Here's what he said. Because you sound like one of those Pentecostal preachers. I said, what does a Pentecostal preacher sound like? He said, he sounds like he's been sawing wood with his throat. He said, what is a Pentecostal preacher? What's the difference between a Pentecostal preacher and the rest of us? I said, well, we're full gospel. He said, so are you telling me you believe in the Holy Ghost? And something started happening. It was actually, uh, I had gotten off the plane. It was in a taxi. This is going on. And this guy says, you are the one of the kind that believe in the Holy Ghost. I said, I believe in the Holy Ghost. I not only believe in the Holy Ghost, I have the Holy Ghost. This man started preaching in the cab, in the taxi. He said, I knew I felt the kingdom of God when you began to speak about the Holy Ghost. I had, hold on. I had had the day from you know where. I had, I had missed two planes. I had sat in Atlanta airport for six hours. How many know if you ever sit in the Atlanta airport six hours, you will find out if you truly love God and if you're sanctified. I had sat in the airport. I sat in the airport and watched a woman take my seat. 
She came up with her friend. She had my seat. I was trying to get on the plane. I was the last one on the plane. And I come up and they had just given her my seat because my previous flight was delayed. She walked over to her friend in front of me and she had my seat. She looked at her friend and said, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. I wanted to slap her. I, I'm just, I didn't, but I wanted to. She got on my plane. She got on my seat. I sat in that, in that uh, airport and was looking for the next plane three hours later. Get off the plane, and now I'm in a car with a man who wants to know what Pentecostal means. I began to tell him about the Holy Ghost. The man almost wrecked into a telephone pole. We got so worked up in the things of God, he began to tell me he had come from Africa. He said, Bishop, on the island of Africa, there is a move of God going on right now. Hundreds and thousands are being saved. They're speaking in tongues. They're coming into the kingdom of God. I just want to tell somebody, Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is a manifestation and a fulfillment of a promise from God. It's harvest time. Let me get to it. A reversal. Say reversal. Re say reversal. Pentecost is a reversal of Genesis 11. How so? Let me teach you and I'm done. They said, let us build a tower. Let us build a kingdom. Let's make a name for ourselves. And God came down and said, I'm going to confuse all this. Because if I don't confuse them, their unity will allow them to do whatever they purpose in their heart to do. Why does the church miss this? Wicked people understand the power of unity. The church keeps acting like their nasty attitude doesn't matter. I say this all the time. I say it in the love of the Lord. I'd rather you go to a church where you can support the vision and move with the cloud than to stay full of ma madness, malice, and hate in a place that you don't really believe in where they're going. Well, I'm hoping you'll change. I'm not. Well, that's arrogant. No, I just know who God called us to be. And I'm not licking my finger and testing the wind to build a church according to the opinions of people because people are fickle and sometimes you try to impress people that ain't even born again they'll be here next month and gone a year from now and at the end of the day I stand before the Lord to please God and finish the assignment he put on our life we don't have time to argue we don't have time to disagree we've got, we've got a, a neighborhood that needs revival and I don't have time to put a pass of fire in everybody's mouth that ain't happy about something. Well, there we go. So, it's a reversal. Say reversal. Babel. They had one, watch this, they were in harmony on their tongue, their task, and their timing. They all spoke the same language. They all had the same task and they were all operating in pro uh, proper timing. When you get in the same tongue, the same task, and the same timing, you can get something done. God came down and had to confuse them. How? By giving them many different languages. 
And because of their language difference, they scattered. Why? Why? Because when you don't understand what's coming out of someone's mouth, you migrate to a group of people who can understand you and you understand them. They actually recolonized according to their language. They got scattered in different places in the earth and they came together where they understood one another. Different languages. Languages that came from God for the purpose of chaos. Because had God not disrupted their foul unity, they would have succeeded in building their own kingdom. Now that he divided them and they're all over the world, scattered according to their ability to understand one another. It existed that way for thousands of years. Until suddenly, God was tired of the confusion and over the chaos. And his king had come and risen from the dead. Now that the king is alive, the kingdom can be advanced and the, and the kingdom of God can expand. And in order for the kingdom to expand, God had to give them a language back by which they could all communicate. Babel was about division. Pentecost is about unity. Well, what language are we going to speak, Bishop? Are we going to speak English? And even in English, it's cray-cray. Because y'all folk from New York, y'all know y'all don't talk like people from South Georgia. What language are we going to speak? Are we going to speak Spanish? Are we going to speak Swahili? What are we going to speak to bring everybody back together? Oh, no. God says, I'm not going to let it be a language that you decide. I'm going to restore the Spirit's language back to my people so that my people are able to speak to nations. Why would we have a church service where we have, where we have a bag? How many got blessed by the bagpipe, dude? The bagpipe dude blessed me on another level. How many got blessed by the drums from, from, from our African brothers and sisters? How many got blessed? Come on, man. That, that music from Puerto Rico, it made me want to get a hat and, and, and get some lemonade and sit in the keys and worship Jesus while my feet were in the water. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm telling you that there's a reason why we did what we did today. And I know that it got on some of y'all's nerves because you couldn't believe that God would move through a kind of music that you've never participated in and that's why I came to preach this message you have a thimble sized revelation of the kingdom of God heaven is going to blow your mind when you get there and Bobby ain't playing the banjo and Susie ain't strumming the guitar you're going to get your mind blown when they walk out of Africa beating on cotton of drums singing worthy is the lamb of God we got to get a kingdom revelation of the language of the spirit We gotta get that. We we gotta we gotta recognize something. We don't have the privilege of sitting in this neighborhood and trying to think 
that we have all the answers and they're going to come to us to get them. Last Sunday night, about 400 people were here. If you weren't one of them, well, Lord help. In the middle of service, I had four people come to me and say, Bishop, we are supposed to go walk this neighborhood tonight and pray. Now, do you know how crazy that sounds? That they just emptied magazines of bullets and people died on the road across the street from us and people got run over and carnage and death were everywhere and the whole city is living under fear and we got four crazy people who walk up and say, Bishop, we're supposed to go walk the neighborhood. At the first one that came, I said, Lord, help him. He don't understand how dangerous this is right now. Second person come up. Bishop, we're supposed to go pray. Lord, help them. The third one that came up, I felt like the Lord said, for real? How many more do I have to send? I said, one more. And here comes Sister Yeye. I got a word. I feel like the Lord said, we need to go walk the streets and pray. I looked at Devin. I said, these crazy people are not going to stop until they put their feet over there on that road where hell broke loose and the devil showed himself. We're going to pray. And about a hundred of them walked over there. There were people out cleaning up all the mess. One of them looked at Pastor Rick and Rick looked at him and he said, I just want you to know we're praying for you and we love you he said where are you from he said redemption to the nations he said oh you mean Bishop Wallace and the church he said yeah he said we love that church I come to tell you whether you like it or not we're not here to sing three fast songs two slow songs and preach a sermon we're here to run the devil out of this neighborhood oh God I feel him we're here to Ramasanda Homashanda Labahosai. We're here to run the devil out of this neighborhood. Somebody's got to speak the language of the kingdom of God. I'm almost through. I'm almost through, but I'm not yet. Here's why we have to get the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will give you a kingdom language. Do you know why? Do you know why 120 of our sons and daughters, I said sons and daughters, not boys and girls, not punks and criminals, sons and daughters. You know why they were over there in the road having a party and going crazy? And I tell you why. Because the church has lost its ability to speak with a kingdom language and help them find an identity. Well, I, how do you know they go to church? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. There's enough religion in church. And if all you ever get is religion when you go to church, you will never come into a revelation of your place at the table of God. And most churches don't know how to articulate to a generation their place in the kingdom of God. This is why we have homogenous church. Everybody say homogenous. Go home and drink your Mayfield's milk and your yellow container with a red lid. Don't get the blue lid. It tastes like water. Get the red lid, 2%. If you're real blessed, get yellow and get whole milk. Come on, somebody. But if you look at your Mayfield milk carton, you'll see two words, pasteurized and 
homogenized. What does that mean? It means everything's the same color, everything's the same texture, everything's the same flavor. It's all the same. And I tell you, we like our milk homogenized, and many people like their church homogenized. They like the same color, they like the same flavor, and they like the same texture. And they don't want anything different, and they don't want anything new, and they don't want anything unexpected. It's all homogenized. We're either all young or we're all old. We're either all white or we're all black. We're either all rich or we're all poor. And I came to tear the wall down today and to tell you, I don't just want red. I want red, yellow, black, and white. I don't just want old. I want old and young and millennials and Z and X and Y. Oh God, give us a generation. Somebody shout yes. We have got to get the spirit language in the heart of the church so that we can speak. See, Babel took our ability to communicate with each other. The Holy Ghost restores it. I'm having myself a fit. When someone comes in your church and our church of a different culture, of a different race, of a different tribe, of a different tongue, we don't look at them and say, they're different. They're different. We can't relate to them. We're not on the same page. They don't speak like us. We can't understand what they're saying. You don't do that. You know what you do? You press into the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit will give you a language. You ready for this? I found a language that is understood no matter where you came from. It's called the language of love. I got so much to say. The language of love. And this is the reason why churches post-COVID aren't recovering. Because people know where they're loved and where they're tolerated. They know where they're loved and they know where they're simply being fleeced for more money. So I know people who decided I ain't even going back to my church. They say my church. I've heard people say this, go out and preach. I'm not going back to church. I'm going to watch online. I got so many online pastors now. Tell one of them online pastors to come pray for you when you get sick. Boy, it got quiet and dry all at the same time. What are you saying? I'm telling you that in the church, there's a language that transcends the differences. When we came downtown, we were in Ottawa. Anybody here from Ottawa? Lift your hand. Don't lie. You'll go to hell. How many here from Ottawa? Ottawa is 25 minutes up the road. A wonderful city. I live in Ottawa. Right now, I live in Ottawa. Why in the world would we all come down here? Especially when there's so much difference and diversity. It got quiet, didn't it? You know why? Because we, we think, listen, we think, well, I'm going to go to church because I like the preacher or I like the music or I like the program or I like the kids department or I like the youth department. Here's what you got to understand. God placed us here to speak the language of the kingdom to people who do not know they have a place in the kingdom. 
what could ever allow someone different than me to want to hear what I have to say? You ready for this? They hear love coming out of my heart. What would ever allow you to connect to someone different than you? They feel the love of God overflowing and it changes them. Quit trying to learn Christianese. Quit trying to learn Christianese. Well, if I speak religiously enough, they'll come back to my church. Probably not. In fact, some of them will puke. They're tired of Christianese. They're tired of religious jargon. They're tired of all of this stuff. They want to know, do you love me? Julian, shift with me. I'm ending right here. Do you know when that happened across the street two weeks ago, a lot of people got mad. I got convicted. I got convicted that a block from this church, people would be so disconnected from the purpose of God that they would shoot each other, run over one another, end the lives of 20-year-old, 18-year-old, mid-20s, end their life prematurely. And I think to myself, what could I have done, Lord? Am I speaking the language of the community I'm in? You better hear what I'm telling you. We don't have the privilege of leaning into Christianese and speaking our religious words that are so easily understood among us but not understood by this generation that the devil hates. God's trying to give us spirit language back. The enemy wants to exploit differences. God wants to leverage them. You miss what I said? The enemy wants to exploit our differences. God wants us to leverage difference. How so? When the church begins to diversify and people from different walks of life come in, it empowers this house to be able to speak the language of people all across this nation and around this world. If it were up to me, I would sing page 333 every time we come together. Some glad morning when this life is old. Don't clap, I'll sing. I don't want you to do it. I'm just trying to make a point. I'll fly away. If, if it were up to me, I, I'd sing everybody will be happy, will be. That's what I'd sing every time because that's my language. I was raised with those bun wearing, bobby pin flying, high heel kicking, long skirt wearing. When we went to the beach, we swam in blue jeans. Somebody said, you were holy. Nope, I was hot and ugly. But when I got back to church, I didn't have to worry about the deacon board pulling me before the church and rebuking me for showing my legs. If it were up to me, that's, that's the language I can speak. 
But sometimes God will raise up people like Isaiah, my son, who sing raps and drop hot bars and hallelujahs and bring glory. Y'all can't handle this because you think God only speaks your language. Sometimes God will bring in an African drum line that touches the heart of a young son or daughter who have roots back to Africa. I'm just trying to tell you that God is giving us diversity to leverage it for his glory. got people in here that have not clapped their hands one time in 10 years of being a member here. When that dear brother started over here on this side, I saw Felix. Felix got up. He's not, what are you, 102 feet? How old are you? I haven't seen Felix move like that in his whole life. Felix was giving it this. I said, my God, not only is the Holy Ghost here, he healed Felix's hips. Felix has hips. He started moving to the glory of God. What is that? It's the language of the Spirit. What if Black Lives Matter is a result? of the church not understanding how to speak the language of the Spirit. Y'all lost me right there. I felt it when I said it. What if it's an attempt of the enemy to pull them in, to get them to believe something that God never wanted for their life? Their purpose is higher and greater, and the church didn't speak it, so the enemy found a way to say it. I'm over it. We sit in our churches on Sunday saying, I fly away and we're not going anywhere till this mess gets unscrewed. God's going to fix it. And the church is going to quit hiding. Stand with me. I'm through preaching because I'm about to start meddling and some of y'all are getting nervous. We've lost our prophetic clarity. We've lost the voice of the Spirit. We got people that don't want to come to church anymore because the table we've created is for us and our kind and nobody else. Let me just end with this. I am not talking about unity at the forsaking of the person of Jesus. Because some people will build unity and put Jesus out of their circle. And we're all different colors and we're all different cultures and let's all sing kumbaya. If Jesus ain't in the middle of it, it's, uh, it's anti-Christ and ungodly. You don't have to say amen, but I'm in the book. There are some people who believe in unity at any cost. But the gospel is an offense to those who reject it. Sometimes when you run with Jesus... It means that there are going to be some people that don't go with you. We don't forget Jesus so that we can include everybody. We run with Jesus, and everybody that wants to run with him, we run together. I am sick in my spirit and concerned that not only are we called to nations we're called to this neighborhood because anybody who tries to touch nations without first touching their neighborhood is out of order 
I'm going to have an international ministry. And you ain't crossed the street and said hi to your neighbor. I am begging God that what happened two weeks ago is the last shooting we experience in this city till Jesus comes. And I am committed not just to praying about it, but to sitting down and speaking to our sons and daughters with the language of the Spirit to help them understand that God has something in store for their future. May God give us the grace to speak by the Spirit to hearts. May this house be so full of diversity, leveraged for the glory of God, that people who come from every walk of life walk in this building and find somebody that can help speak their language. Because I believe they have a purpose. I believe every young man and every young lady that died over on that corner a block from here two weeks ago, I believe they had a purpose. How many are you going to dedicate the rest of your life? I said the rest of your life to sing the reversal of this Babylon divisive spirit so that true unity from the kingdom of God can cover the earth and the glory of the Lord be known so that people, no matter where they come from, find their place at the table of the king. We do not have the privilege anymore of just being a little Pentecostal church in Chattanooga. We are redemption to nations. And we need to rip the lid of limitations off so that we can speak the language to those who are hungry to hear that God has a plan for their life. If that's your commitment, lift your hands right now. I want to pray for us on All Nations Sunday. I want to speak the Spirit's language to sons and daughters, to old men and young men, to old women and young women, to rich and poor, to red and yellow, black and white. Jesus, be the center of it all here. Come on, let's put that in the atmosphere before we pray. How many can just ask, ask that Jesus be the center of it all in this church? Father, we don't want to follow another. We're not trying to build some ecumenical movement where it's about all these other kind of gods. Tonight, today, we declare again, we affirm again that our loyalty, our allegiance, our love, our adoration, our worship is only for one. We will not live, Father, we will not live to seek the gods of this world. We have put all of our eggs in Jesus' basket. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other hope for humanity. There is no other savior of a sinner. Jesus, you are the son of the living God. Born of a virgin, lived a perfect, virtuous life, died a perfect, atoning death. Three days later, you arose, and now you sit at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the believer, and you are coming again. And I believe, Lord, you're coming soon. So today I declare, until you come, take your neighbor by the hand right now. I pray for this house, that it be a place that speaks the Spirit's language. Acts chapter 2 said they heard each other speaking in the language that they understood. Only 
only the Holy Spirit could restore the brokenness, the chaos, the confusion, the hurt, the pain, the malice, the disconnection. Only the Holy Spirit could restore the language. Today we pray in this house you'll restore the language of the Spirit. May we speak to sons and daughters in the streets of this city, in this community, in this neighborhood. May, be, may we be a people committed to mentoring and to helping and to undergirding and to lifting those up who've been pushed down by society. May this house help take away the excuses. May we remove all the barriers. Help us, Father, to find opportunities to serve the city in which we live. We don't just want to experience glory in the building. We want your glory to touch the streets. Lord, help us to speak to nations. I pray for any person in this room dealing in their heart with malice, racism, hate of any people group. I pray they'll get free from it before the trumpet sounds. I pray they'll get it under the blood and you'll purge us of any kind of racism. This house is going to move forward in wholeness. We're going to move forward love in love. It's the language of the Spirit and you're going to give us the ability to speak to people who haven't been able to hear the heartbeat of God. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now this shooting would be the last one in this city. And I'm asking you to give this house divine strategy on how we make a difference in our generation. Give us opportunity to speak the voice and the language of the Spirit because the Spirit, according to John 16, 13, and 14, does not speak of himself, but the Holy Spirit speaks to glorify Christ. And I pray on this nation Sunday we'd be committed to this neighborhood we'd be committed to the nations. Raise up missionaries, send them out, let them be used by God in powerful ways. Touch this house, let us build churches on every continent of this earth. I pray we'll build churches on every continent of this earth in the holy name of Jesus. Just do this before we go. Take this hand, come on, take this hand, put it up here, rip the lid off. How many know today God's ripping lids off of us? How many know today we're not just going to be focusing here and there. We're going to be focused on the world. And how many want to be yielded to the Holy Ghost to speak to people who need to know the love of God? Lift up a shout all over this place. I believe this message today is speaking life and hope to you in your journey. We wouldn't be bringing it to you today had it not been for faithful partners around this nation who are helping us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to leave us a prayer request, I want you to go to kevinwallace.tv. Let us know how our team can pray for you. You'll also find a place there where you can learn more about partnership, how you and your family can help us continue to spread this good news of Jesus around this nation and around this world. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next week, God bless you. We're praying over you and your family today.